Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. And on Instagram at Monkeys Fighting Robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 18th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. I've got a good one for you today. Sit back, relax, grab your margarita, and enjoy the conversation. Chuck Palahniuk created an amazing piece of literary work in 1996 with a little book called Fight Club. Next week in your local comic book store, you will find Fight Club 2 number one by Chuck. A 10-issue maxi-series by Dark Horse Comics with amazing artwork by Cameron Stewart. Go to monkeysfightingrobots.com to hear our thoughts on the first issue. It was insane. Here to discuss Fight Club 2 is Scott Alley the editor-in-chief of Dark Horse Comics. In September, he will have been with Dark Horse for 21 years. He's worked with Mike Mignola, Gerard Way, Josh Whedon, and now Chuck Palahniuk. Here to explain how Fight Club 2 came together, Scott Alley. Scott, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Absolutely. Fight Club 2, number one, comes out next Wednesday. Take me through the inception phase of how the book was put together. Okay, so to give you a little bit before I got involved, um, Chuck is part of a writing group, um, novelists, including Chelsea Kane and some other Portland writers. And um, Chelsea is is like best friends with Kelly Sue DeConnick, very close friends with Kelly Sue DeConnick. Um, At some point, a dinner happened with Kelly, uh, Matt Fraction, uh, Brian Michael Bendis, Chuck, Chelsea, I'm not sure exactly. I think Oming was there. Some other people were probably there. Um, and conversation, you know, went around. And um, the idea of doing of Chuck doing a comic, doing a graphic novel, doing a Fight Club sequel as a graphic novel came out of that dinner as, as best as I can tell. Um, and then, you know, some time went by. He talked about it at San Diego Comic-Con 2013, I believe, he mentioned it on, on a panel that he was on there. And, um, and I think that was the first that the world at large knew about it. He um, later on that story got picked up again, and he was asked a question, and he said that he was talking to people at Marvel, Image, and Dark Horse. And I heard that, and I ran around the office saying, who's talking to Chuck? What's going on? Who's talking to him? we got to get this. Nobody was talking to him. Turned out, you know, Chuck's an author, and he thinks of authors as being with publishers. And so when he rattled off his publishers, what he meant was the people who were publishing Brian, Kelly, and Matt. 
And at the time, we were doing a bunch with Kelly, so that's, that's the only reason we wound up on that list at that time. So being here in Portland, having these mutual friends, because Kelly and Matt and Brian and Chelsea are, are good friends of mine, um, I got in touch with Chuck through them, and we, the first time that we met for lunch, he showed up with the complete script for a seven-issue Fight Club series. Um, and, you know, we, we had a great lunch, and I read it that afternoon, and I was blown away, and he had written it with mostly, I believe, guidance from Fraction. Uh, he and Matt met and talked, and he read Matt's stuff really carefully and took things away from, from Matt's work that he, that he brought into his comic scripting. Talk to me on how the deal finally came to Dark Horse. There was a bit of a you know courtship stage, um, and we weren't the only one going for it, but, but that went on for a little bit, and part of the advantage was certainly that, that we were here and that he could have full access um, to a company that could do all parts of the production and marketing of the book, uh, you know, effectively down the street. He literally lives kind of down the street um, from me. So we, uh, we met a number of times before it became apparent that he'd made his decision to go with us. Were there any concerns trying to make a sequel to such an epic story that didn't seem to need a sequel? Um, you know, somebody somebody at a convention recently, a, a guy in another country, um, said, "You know, when I first heard a sequel to Fight Club, I thought, oh, I don't, I don't get that. Like, when when it came to you, Scott, um, how did you overcome your initial doubt about it?" And I was like, "I didn't have any. I'm a big enough fan of of his and of the original that it just seemed really exciting. Clearly, the, the novel leaves." a little bit of a cliffhanger that's not there in the movie. The movie wraps up with a little bit more finality than the novel does. Not to say that the novel has been begging a sequel all these years. I don't mean that. But there were things that made sense to pick up. But I think it's, it only made sense to pick up many years later. Chuck's a different author now. The characters are older, and so they're different characters now. And their concerns are a lot different. You know, like a young man rallying against all the notions of what it means to be a man. Um, Fight Club did that pretty well, you know. Uh, the characters are 10 years older now, and so it's tackling very different issues from a very similar perspective, but different issues with different conclusions. And, you know, Chuck's changed as a novelist. Fight Club, when it came out as a film, it was so psychotic, you know. It was such a psychotic film experience, in my opinion, when I remember going to see it for the first time. Chuck's novel, it was Chuck's first published novel, his second written novel. And um, over the years, he's obviously continued to publish a lot, and his work's gotten crazier and crazier. So he's returning to these characters from a kind of more, you know, psychotropic, surrealistic place. Um, His recent work, or, you know, I mean, his work has just kind of continually gone into pretty outrageous directions as outrageous as the original was, we're, we're, we're going to some crazy places with this one. And this is a 10-issue maxi-series? Correct, yeah. He originally wrote seven issues, and over the course of working on it, he's rewritten it a number of times, and, and now that Cameron's drawing it, Chuck kind of rewrites every issue right before Cameron's going to tackle that issue um, because he, he's evolving as a comics writer. He's learning, you know... I always tell aspiring comics writers, you can't really know how to write comics until you've seen somebody draw your scripts 
and you see how what you put down gets interpreted, comes to life with the artist. So Chuck's learning all that stuff by seeing what Cameron does um, with what he does. And so the scripts are increasingly informed by what Chuck might expect Cameron to, to be able to do with it. You talked about the comic book strip and how Matt Fraction kind of influences work. And with all comics, the first issue for me is really important because it needs to really hook me. There needs to be a cliffhanger. There needs to be a really insane concept for me to bring me in. And the last page of the issue was like a solid cliffhanger to where I flipped the page looking for issue two and it wasn't there and I've been waiting. My question is, is like, was Chuck just really good at writing comics or did we have to work with that process? No, that that's all him. Like nobody, I don't think Matt worked him on that part of it. Um, yeah, he's just really good. I mean, he's got a short story collection coming out the day before the comic comes out, and his short stories are tight. In in a page and a half, he can deliver such an effect. You know, I mean, uh, the, one of the one of the qualities of Chuck's work, I think, is that when you read it, you have an experience. It's not just a guy sitting down telling you a story it does something to you. It kind of, it has this visceral effect on the reader. Um, and he's able to deliver that with some frequency. You know, it's hard for some writers to ever do it in their lifetime. And I feel like Chuck can, can hit it pretty reliably once an issue or so. Um, the collection, you know, the Make Something Up collection, um, there are some stories in there that just, like, grind your guts when you're reading them. And he can get to that kind of effect pretty quickly and so he can do that in 22 pages and 25 pages um the first issue of fight club is 25 pages and one thing we wanted we all wanted this in in fight club was a real density of storytelling um you know uh a lot of comics you can read in like a minute you know there's so little in some of them there's comics that you can read in just a few minutes and some of them are great but you know, I kind of miss the days of, like, taking 45 minutes to read an issue of Watchmen. Chuck doesn't like that much words in his comics, but he wants a lot of ideas. He wants a lot of images. And that's why you get the tight page layouts with lots and lots of panels on, on some pages. I think Cameron did one 14-panel page somewhere in this thing. There's a real richness. There's a real density to it that continues through the whole series. There's uh, There are splash pages and two-panel pages, but there's not, a, you know, it's not a whole comic of four-panel pages that you can just breeze through. Because of that sort of rapid-fire nature of the storytelling, I think it's easy for him to get to those kind of cliffhanger moments, not just at the end of the issue, but hitting moments like that in the middle of the issue, early in the issue. You know, there's some great moments throughout. And it's just in the nature of how he writes, you know, like his novels are like that. They're packed with lots of kind of, you know, uh, breathtaking moments. How did you guys decide to go with the artist Cameron Stewart for the series? One thing, you know, I've worked with a lot of writers that are coming from somewhere else to come to comics, you know, really, really talented writers who haven't written a comic before. And one thing I've learned through trial and error and then certain, you know, notable successes is it's a really good idea to pair one of those guys with an artist who's also a pretty good writer. And Cameron's a great writer. And so because of Chuck's, you know, kind of fledgling status as a comic book writer, I knew that giving him somebody who could not just draw what he's handed, but interpret it and really bring the storytelling out in ways that maybe Chuck himself couldn't visualize because he hasn't been doing this for, you know, 20 years or whatever, 
I knew we needed that. I knew that, I knew we needed that, and Cameron, as well as being one of my favorite few artists in the world, is also one of my favorite writers. And not just one of my favorite writers, but his stuff is in that polemic vein. Like, um, since Tulo, if you've read that, it, when when that was a webcomic and we were reading that one page or so at a time, um, man, it was some it was some psychoactive stuff. It was really hard hitting, dealt with some weird ideas, and it had this surrealistic tinge to it that I felt would translate well to Fight Club. By the time you know, I mean, the day that I met Chuck, he gave me the script and I read it. It's changed a lot since then, but I read that script the first day. It was like, okay, we need an artist who can do this, this, and this, you know. And there is Chuck's brand of surrealism and satire and that sort of thing in there. And really emotive characters, relatable characters, although maybe these aren't the most relatable people in the world, but we needed somebody who could deliver all of those things. And Cameron is on a pretty short list of people that can deliver all that. When we put together Umbrella Academy many years ago, I didn't want it to be just, you know, Gerard Way's name and lights and then illustrated by somebody you don't care about. I wanted to do everything we could to bring an artist who would step up to the level of the story, to step up to the level of the writer. And with Gabriel Ba on Umbrella, clearly we got that, you know. So with Cameron, I mean, we had a novelist. With, with Chuck, we have a novelist who is, you know, a, a, an amazing creator, an amazing writer, and I felt like we needed somebody with equal chops in the art department, you know. And so the whole team is, in my opinion at least, like the creme de la creme of the industry. Lastly, what does it mean to have Fight Club 2 under the Dark Horse label? It's a fruition of the real vision that Mike has for the company. Um, everything that's best about this company, it's a creator-owned book. It's, a, it's an incredibly distinctive story and a distinctive set of characters by, uh, you know, I, like, I don't throw the word around too loosely, but um, a visionary creator. And we want, we want to be that publisher, and we are that publisher, and having Chuck in there with Mignola, with Joss Whedon, with Frank Miller... Um, it's, it's, a uh, it's, it's a prideful thing, you know? Um, and we, uh, we do every different genre, you know, under the sun, pretty much. Um, we aren't a superhero publisher. We aren't a, a, a sci-fi publisher. We do a lot of things and fight club sort of defies genre. Um, it is its own thing. It can, there, there's not another one like it, you know? Um, and it's certainly not a knockoff of something else, this sits there with the best of what we do and everything that I think Mike aspires to as a publisher. Scott, thank you so much for your time. That was Editor-in-Chief of Dark Horse Comics, Scott Alley. Fight Club 2, number one, will be in your local comic book store next week. You can follow Scott on Twitter, at Scott Alley. A-L-L-I-E. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on SoundCloud. Larry Taylor and Sam Proof are our most recent subscribers. Thank you so much, guys. 
Also, if you have a chance, go to iTunes, give us a few stars, rate the episodes. If you have an Android device, listen to the show on Stitcher. There is also this great app called TuneIn. Listen to every radio station in the world, plus the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast. Okay, Lunchbox, let's there try this again. There are so many people that made the 18th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots a success. 18! Special thanks to editor-in-chief of Dark Horse Comics, Scott Alley, for calling the Monkeys Fighting Robots hotline. Jeff Shade is the creator of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkeys Fighting Robots logo. Are you a monkey? Are you a robot? The staff at Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up and running. And then there is my wife. It is Friday, and she thinks that we need to mow the lawn every other day. Ugh. That means I have to mow the lawn on Saturday morning, and then on Monday, I'm probably going to have to mow it again. Please, stop. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you for joining us for this episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. When it comes to your education, there's no need to settle. Get the interactive and purposeful education that you and employers demand from Colorado State University Global Campus. You'll get personalized, career-driven learning created and taught by today's industry leaders. CSU Global was built to help students succeed with affordability, flexibility, and individualized support. It's time to expect better. Find your path to the career you want at csuglobal.edu, where online education isn't another thing we do. It's all we do. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.